Welcome to another episode of Ronin Radio. This is Michael Sky with Hans Komain in Florianopolis, Brazil, where we are riding out the uh, coronavirus pandemic in paradise. Today, on a rainy morning, we are taking time to reflect on the question what if our fathers had not been in our lives? What priceless and precious gifts did we get from having the fathers that we had and having them in our lives? Reflecting on this question is a great way to honor your father. And as we are approaching Father's Day soon, we're also reminding everyone to join us on two webinars this week where we are going to be writing letters of honor and going deep into this uh, this journey of honoring our fathers. This is the moment every morning I realize I have not combed my beard. Is that what you do when you, you're coming close to the camera there, you're checking your beard out? No, it's, it's like, fuck, I didn't comb it. I hope nobody notices. Can oh, I, I notice justify it? Can I no. make it right? No. Too late. This cruffy beard it is, one more day. Disgusting. <laughs> All right. Hans, come in. Hey, Dolores. Dolly. This Sunday is Father's Day in many places around the world. Mm. And we're running on this theme of fathers. And I thought today we could inquire into what if we had no father? Mm. What if you had no father? Mm. What if I had no father? What if you listening or watching had no father? And so imagine, I mean, obviously, if you didn't have a father in any sense, you wouldn't even be alive, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you, when you think of, you know, when people out there are thinking of, like, honoring their father, mm. some people have such resentment and anger and, and things like this, conflict with their fathers that they can't think of anything, Right. They don't want to honor their father at all. But the one simple thing that your father is, he was half of the equation. You know? Yes. He brought half of the equation. You wouldn't be alive today. You would not have life. You would not have the things that you have in your life. You wouldn't have, uh, you know, swimming in the ocean this morning. Like, without, uh, without your father. I usually uh, I remember... I usually celebrate my birthday nine months before my actual birthday. And then I thank my parents for <laughs> getting it on, getting it on that wild night somewhere in 1974, you know, <laughs> nine months. I'm thinking about that, you know, Imagine if you could go back to that night, <laughs> if that would never happen, you know, I would not have had this. Imagine your dad was just thinking of the great son he wanted to make. That night, you know? <laughs> Imagine he, the condom broke that night. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> no, but it's so... Well, for some people, you know, some people, that's one of their biggest complaints about their parents or their fathers that uh, they don't feel like they were wanted mm. or intentional. Mm. That they were an accident. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a big wound, you know? Yeah. But... Um, I wasn't an accident. You were not? No. They had actually... My, my that's what they told you. <laughs> no, that's what they thought. But then they saw me and they did. Oh, it is an accident. <laughs> no, 
I had a, they had a, a child before me and it died uh, before it got born. Mm. And that's, well, adding even more to the impossibility of me existing. Mm-hmm. That adds even more. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. Victory, man. Woo! <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jacomen. The great Jacomen of Clancomen. What a great man. Yeah, yeah I was it. imagining it without him. That would be, wow, a completely different life, I think. Yeah, imagine like you're either your mom as a single mother mm. trying to make it on her own or a stepfather, mm. right? Like imagine your dad passed away early mm. or they got divorced or whatever. Maybe he passed away. You know, imagine uh, like what would you not have in your life? What would I not have in my life? Um, <clears throat> it's tough for me to imagine my I mean when we were teenagers you know my, my mom had divorced my dad and uh, he wasn't in the home and um, so and that was that was a very difficult time of course they were going through divorce but You know, my dad, my dad brought a, just like a sense of stability. Mm. He was always, you know, like we're, we're doing our rituals here. My dad was always up early. He was always, you know, going for a run, exercising. He was always on with his diet. He was, you know, making the business work. He was, he was just like steady like that. Yeah. My father too was like the, the beacon. You know, he's like the point of reference of the family, mm. for sure. Like just the way he was, he's just the leader of it. You know? mm. I'm imagining also, you asked, so I'm just going down that l- lane. You know? I'm seeing how, you know, I wouldn't be trained in victory. Mm. You know, it's just, <laughs> and just, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not out there riding his bike. And... Yeah. But also just he's, to... he's not coaching you guys in uh, football. Yeah. Fucking A, man. Jesus. Also, like, just the trust in life. I got that from him, in a way. Like, because I feel that he's there always. You know? mm. I feel he's whatever I would need, he's there. Mm. You know? And he's always been. And uh, sometimes he would do it in a grumpy way. But he would do it. Mm. Why did I recognize so much now. <laughs> what? No. I, I see a lot of him in me, you know. Spend a your whole adolescent life trying to run away from your dad, and then you realize, fuck, <laughs> you are your dad. I even walk like him. You know? <laughs> I see yeah. pictures. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but uh, luckily, he's a great man. So <laughs> yes. No, I wouldn't have the sense of victory. I wouldn't have that trust in life that everything is going to be okay. Mm. That I'm assuming. I, I, at least I got that from him you know so maybe with someone else i would have that too but yeah it's like that that strength that force that point of reference that that's something you can hold on to bounce off you know it's like being raised you were raised with mormon i was also raised catholic in a way you know I, and it gives you a point of reference you know against which you can rebel against sometimes you can use but it gives you something to work with you know it's like it's like if you have too many options you have a blank canvas you don't know what to do you know, but if you have 
some lines you work, you can work with it. That's the same thing. I feel like my father was and is. It's like a point of reference and give me a language to speak, you know, mm. a language to deal with the world. Yeah, what a great man. One of the things that my father was for me was uh, he was like the guy that, that took me and that took me into like the wilderness. Mm. You know, like a lot of my memories of my dad that are like special memories. They're going hiking, going camping, going out, just going mm. out in nature, you know, beautiful nature. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It's so funny. It's funny. It's to see you like, huh? Like how that defines you. Because, I mean, you can see your adventurous spirit come from that. Mm. I could totally see my, like, athlete mentality come from my father, you know, racing mm -hmm. bikes and playing football. He was always there, soccer. He was always there, you know, mm. bringing me to trainings, games, you know, celebrating with me. Being my coach sometimes, mm. fighting, you know, crying. <laughs> you know, my dad, uh, yeah, like we uh, we were quite well off, you know. We were able to have like big homes as a family, mm. big pieces of land to run free on. And yeah, a lot of like the, I'm thinking this one house we had out in the country a lot of the people around us, they, you know, my, like my friends and stuff, you know, smaller pieces of land, didn't have as much money. We, um, yeah, we had all kinds of like dirt bikes and three wheelers and mm. dune buggies. And like we just, you know, because um, of my dad's hard work, you know, his work ethic, put himself through dental school and uh, yeah, an incredible work ethic. And yeah, so just having that that kind of expectation of money and that mm -hmm. that uh, yeah, kind of I guess like everything that we had back then. Um, hmm. Mine stood more for uh, growth in that, you know, because we were raised. Uh, we were raised in Belgium, so in, compared to the world, we're just fucking rich. It's ridiculous. But in Belgium, we were not. And my father was a truck driver. My mom's a, a nurse. And I remember us not being rich at all. And we, but I never thought. I just think of it backwards. Because you know? I, we never got candy. You know, I went to school and like you have these sponge. You know how you have these sponge pajama pants, spongy. No. Uh, what's it's like a oh the long johns we call them not underneath the it, real pajamas uh -huh. but they they're like a spongy uh, material okay so my mom cut those off and oh. that's how I went to school <laughs> <laughs> so I wow. went <laughs> I see where you got your sense of fashion <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm not, no comment on that <laughs> <laughs> but I never told this story I want to tell this story just. Fuck it. Now I want to keep these videos. This is a great way to honor my father. Yes. Here's a story that really typified my, my father and how he influenced me in my life. And, uh, fuck, I love it so much. What a great man. <laughs> Maybe with the years it changed a bit, but I was six years old. I remember I had my, I had my outfit of Belgium on with the, this is in 81, 82. 
82. So it was the great Belgian outfit with the two stripes here, with the logo of Belgium. It had, it was red and had red pants also. And on top of my red pants, I had long, like sweatpants, I think. I told you this story already, but not on camera. And, uh, and my father said, let's go. He, he had this plan. You know, we went to school, all six years old in class. And, uh, and he had told me to do this and I did it because I loved it. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. And I go into class and I say in the middle of class, my father's outside the window still watching and I say, I'm going to take my pants off. <laughs> and everybody like, ah, hilarity. I don't know why, you know, I'm looking around like, fuck, he's going to take his pants off. And I take my pants off, my sweatpants, and I have my still my soccer, the shorts underneath, you know. <laughs> and and as I do it, I laugh with everyone. <laughs> so they cannot laugh. I laugh, ah, I got you all, you know. <laughs> and I still remember my father being outside, like thinking, ah, like this, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> That's really how I go through life today, I feel. <laughs> And it comes from my father, you know, mm. like not trying to not don't try to fit in, you know, or really like trust yourself. You know, you're special, you're special, mm -hmm. you know, and that's good. Mm -hmm. And I always felt I was special you know? and, uh, and I was celebrated for it. I mean, there were fights around it too, of course, but he never, never tried to have me conform because he himself was also a rebel. You're definitely special. <laughs> Did you ride the short bus to school? <laughs> so, great Jacomain. Yes. <laughs> you know, inside of uh, the Mormon church, that fought, like fathers give like a father's blessing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's supposed to be a yearly thing or if it's just sometimes this happens. I'm not quite sure. But I know that what we used to do, I think it was just what we did in our family is before the school year starts, um, you know, we get a father's blessing. So, and I write about this in one of my books I'm working on, you know, but um, like my mom's there and she's taking notes of what, like the revelation my dad's getting for the blessing and all this. And he puts hands on my head. It's like, it's like this warm feeling, you know, this adult man's, my father's hands on my head. And he's really like feeling the spirit. And he's really just speaking from the spirit about yeah. like what's coming through. And, uh, yeah, like, it's like some of the things that were pretty constant were, Basically, you know, bless you with a, a, an ability to see through the bullshit when you go to school, you know, like, like there's this, there's definitely a distrust of the state, the school, huh. these external people and like a blessing that I'll be able to, that I have what it takes, you know, to, to do that. Front there. And, uh, yeah, definitely, I definitely rely a lot on my, on my self-trust, mm. you know? Like I have a lot of self-trust, maybe sometimes too much, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> like I'll dress myself today. I'll, I'll, I'll look good. When I'm <laughs> to me, it looks like faith, but <laughs> blind, despite, blind all of, despite all of that, here I go. <laughs> um, but you know, as, like I, 
I've read back over some of those father's blessings wow. that I had like when I was writing that book. And uh, yeah, it's like a great way to kind of like say who you are, mm-hmm. you know, who you are in the eyes of God, who you are in your father's eyes. And sorry, yeah. I just realized how that is the greatest gift. You know how we're thinking about like even how we work in our groups and the masterminds and the, and the adventure learning that we do is that we what we're not trying to turn the unknown into the known, give them answers, teach in the traditional way. What we really aspire to is what can we do? What can this brotherhood do? So this man trust himself mm-hmm. that he has what it takes to navigate the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what my father gave me. Mm-hmm. That's what your father gave you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got this. I think that's the father's role. That's the yeah. father's role. That's the father's role to say, you got this. And it's more the mother's, make sure you're okay. You're okay. Yes. Don't, don't, yeah, yeah, don't go out into the world. You might get hurt. You know? Jump. You, I remember jumping with the BMX. You know, I made like little things to jump off, you know, uh-huh. and mom was <laughs> Forget. Well, we can do this a little higher. We can go a little further. Your dad's you know, that. you got this. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the greatest gift, you know. And that's what what so many I see in the in the world that we so many men have to fight for. They didn't get it, you know. They didn't get it from their fathers, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, or or their parents. So it's a precious, precious thing, you know. It's a precious thing that mm-hmm. uh, I received. Yeah, I had another thought. I could do it on on this, on this, uh, on this live or on a future one. But thinking about like the shit your dad had to deal with because of you, you know, look, we could tell some of those stories. That's gonna be like we can do that in one minute. <laughs> Let's do that tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what else, Hans? Like, like if you did, if you didn't have your father what what would you not have how how might your well i'm imagining just the financial thing you know like he he made that family he provided for everyone mm. he provided uh, until i studied you know so that's just 20 years Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking back to my, you know, my dad used to like once a year get together with his three brothers and sometimes a couple other guys and they would do these trips together where they'd, they'd either go out and ride uh, three wheelers in the sand dunes or they would ride snowmobiles in the, in the mountains in the snow and they just go do these, you know, these guy trips together. And yeah, to me, it was always like really attractive, you know, like, mm. like yeah, there's definitely men out there, fathers wow. out there who don't go and do that sort of thing, you know? And so I see it now too. Sorry. I was here. I'm getting excited. Brotherhood and, and yeah. the wild. And my father had two, he has two brothers and they would get together in family reunions and they're just insane. Like really, I'm like, what the fuck? They would just be ridiculous mm-hmm. and, and feel the liberty of doing that. You know, they would rehash old stories and just w- one phrase would mean a whole story to them. And they would be in their own bubble, you know. 
and and they would invent games. I remember this because in the family they're all farmers and we had farms and they would invent. I remember there was a little hole in the wall, you know, and a whole afternoon they would try to throw the ball in there, you know, like this, and everyone would gather around try to throw that, and then when they scored, they would just run around, just <laughs> just insanity, you know. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And I see pictures also when 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 my parents got married, you know, and his brothers are just. They're insane, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I think that's just to take that liberty I got from my father too, not to like try to be normal and be decent, you know. You know, there's a story I have. You were talking about how your your mom dressed you in pajamas for school. <laughs> Did I say that on the thing? Yes. Okay. And it's uh, not pajamas, and I never thought of it as an issue. Okay. I just, I never, they call me sponge sometimes, but I never uh, thought sponge, like, <laughs> SpongeBob. Because I had, no, you didn't have SpongeBob. Sponge Hans. Sponge Hans. But I never thought of it, I never thought of it uh -huh. like it was a problem. Not well, a problem. my story is a little different. So <laughs> my mom, she, I, I, I don't know if she made these or had them made, but they were like these uh, pastel colored, um, really soft <laughs> material, like these little outfits, shorts and matching shirts and everything. And she dressed the whole, all of us children in this, you know. And I'm the oldest male, right? I don't know how old I was, but maybe somewhere around 12. That's not 11, right. 11. Dressed like your sister. 10, 10 11, 12. I don't dressed know. like your sister. We're all dressed the same. Oh, come on. And it's like, you know, there's high pressure to do it. It's uh, whatever. It's what you're wearing today. I want to. <laughs> oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> And we're going to uh, my grandfather's house on my dad's side. And, you know, this is out, so this is out west. And we're arriving and we all get out of the car together, you know. And uh, my uncle, Bob, who's now passed away, he was the youngest of my dad's brothers, you know. And, and him and my dad, they're just kind of laughing at us, you know, Making fun of us. And I was not happy, you know. I was not pissed off. But, like, I kind of agreed with him, you know. I'm like, yeah, why do I have to wear this shit? And, uh, I don't know. That's, that's, uh, I definitely didn't like it at the time. But that's that male hazing that I'm actually glad that I had. You know, I'm glad that I had. And, uh. I, I never wore anything like that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> now at family meetings, you're looking at what, what the others are, how the others are dressed and you dress differently. My, I have, I have one more, two more stories. My father. I remember my grandmother, the mother of my mother, she would give, uh, with Christmas or so, she would give presents also to everyone and it was always like a perfume. I still remember denim. And, uh, my father gave me like a peek behind the like, through the what's normal and what is accepted. Because I remember carrying the perfume at the bottle and I went through the hall and I dropped it. In the hall. In the hall. And I'm thinking, I'm, I start crying, you know, fuck this expensive whatever cologne, I, I dropped it, you know, and I, and I still remember my father looking at me and he said like this, don't worry, I don't like it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I was crying, you know? And then I get a peek like, the fuck, this is like, he doesn't even care about this. This doesn't uh, really matter. Uh, and it was so brilliant, you know. Uh, he was so liberating to see that. Oh, man. I also... This this you will not believe, but it is true. <laughs> My father was playing football with his team and we went to the seaside. And uh, and uh, 
like I said, he was very supportive of me, my father. He said, go in the front, go in the front, you know, take the microphone and tell jokes, you know. And I still remember to this day, you know, I'm completely like, I'm so like, I think I'm great, you know, I still do for whatever reason. And I start telling jokes and I remember the whole bus, you know, laughing, laughing, laughing that this little kid is telling jokes, you know. <laughs> and uh, I remember telling you, I, I remember telling jokes that I didn't understand, you know, and that's why they were so funny. Like this, uh, this uh, cafe, this barman who had thrown out, <laughs> thrown out all the chairs in his bar. And he said, they're, they're all sitting on my wife anyway. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> Meaning they're having sex with her. It's a, it's a joke I didn't get as a kid. <laughs> you told it because you heard your parents tell it. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, I'm telling well, this yeah, joke. My, my family, <laughs> Okay, finish your story. In Dutch, it's it, sitting on your wife means having sex with it. Anyway, and uh, that's how you guys have sex. Yes, and I remember, I remember telling this, everyone laughing, and my father sitting there, like all proud and happy too. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great, man, to get that support, you know, yeah. to know that you're you're good, you know, whatever you do, it's okay. It just reminds me, whenever we get together as a family, like a family reunion. So my, so my dad and all three of my sisters and uh, one of my brothers are out in Arizona right now at a family reunion. And they'll do this. They'll get the littlest ones up, you know, to tell jokes. Like it's similar kind of thing, you know. And they'll, they'll, they'll like make up their jokes. They'll just like make up things. And, and, and we all bust out laughing like it's the funniest thing that we've ever heard. And then they keep going and going and going. And maybe that was and none of it's on. funny. None of it's funny. <laughs> maybe that one is going on on the bus there. <laughs> I thought it was funny. But you just start, like, you just start laughing that it's not funny and it's ridiculous and that they love it. And it's, uh, yeah. No, it's not true because I remember another kid also trying to tell a joke and it wasn't so funny. <laughs> and my father would tell me that too. Yeah. The other kid was not so funny as you, man. Yeah, so the, uh, yeah, your dad gave you confidence, I can see. Yeah, you know, or trust in myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's the greatest gift, trusting, like, you're okay. You got yeah. this. You yeah. got this. Yeah. I think that's the greatest gift. Yeah, what a great man. Chaco man. Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> maybe this is more for tomorrow, but uh, at times my dad has, uh, you know, we, we all, I'm not sure about my little sister, Alicia, I think so, but all these six children have left the church and he spent his whole life trying to raise us right, teach us right, all these rituals, all this investment. And we've all gone. And, and how many times my dad made a special effort to come to me, really be in his heart, speak from his heart and, and, Try to stand for me. Yes. Way, you know. Try to save you from damnation. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about that tomorrow. Tomorrow. But but do the announcement for to in oh, a yeah. so hours to, from now. Today we're doing a webinar um, where we're going to start writing letters of honor to our fathers for Father's Day. So imagine that you could honor your father in a deep way before he passes. We never know how long we have mm-hmm. and how long our fathers have or anyone has. So 
at uh, 12 noon. We're going to be in the uh, Honoring Fathers Facebook group. So join us there and uh, join us in writing your letter. Noon Eastern time, right? Noon Eastern time. Noon. So what time is it now? That's maybe the best. It's around 8.30. Well, no one's watching it live, so noon uh, Eastern. Noon Eastern. Nine Pacific. Nine Pacific. Six in Madrid, Brussels. Five in the UK. We'll see you there, and then part two will be at the same time on Thursday. Right. And Dolores, I'll see you later on Antwoord